Welcome to the Community of Faith podcast, where you will hear the exposition of God's Word taught by Rev. Patrick Parham, pastor of Faith Community Fellowship in Bristol, Tennessee. If you are in the Bristol area and would like to visit, please join us for Sunday morning worship beginning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to join us in person, join us online. Visit our website, faith-cf.org. That's faith-cf.org. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash faithcommunityfellowshipbristol. That's all one word, Faith Community Fellowship Bristol. Here at Faith Community Fellowship, our goal is to ensure that what we do is edifying to our Heavenly Father, and we hope that this podcast is a blessing to you. Let's join Pastor Pat as he brings us God's Word. We're going over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning. We're reading the first 10 verses of this chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Beginning at verse 1, the scripture says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked, for we who are in this tent groan being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to Him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Let's pray. Lord, as we continue this worship service, how wonderful it is to be able to look into Your Scriptures and have the Holy Spirit to guide our understanding, enlighten our minds, open our spiritual eyes. And we ask that that would be the case this morning. That each one of us gathered here would be able to comprehend the passage in a way that it speaks to our souls, that it brings comfort to our minds and causes us to love the Lord Jesus Christ more than we had when we came in. And we know these things are possible through the ministry of the blessed Holy Spirit. And we ask that He would minister to your people today. In Jesus' most holy name, Amen. Now I know that these verses were written by Paul and in their first setting or first usage, uh, they are speaking about Paul. But in a wider sense, and it's not complicated at all, we can apply these thoughts to all Christians. You see, the information here, the teaching, is not only helpful, it's comforting. It's needful. 
And then it ends up with a sense of warning as well. Now commentators, they'll vary as to what they believe Paul is talking about here. Some will say he's talking about the resurrected body. Some will be talking about, some think he's talking about the intermediate stages you might think of between when people die that know the Lord and when the Lord comes back, what happens to them. Or what happens to us if we happen to be one of those that die before the Lord comes back. And that's the approach that I'm going to take because I think the context calls for that. It demands that. When you look at verse 8, we are confident, yes, well, please, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. It doesn't go on to say in our resurrected body or when the bodies are resurrected. It says we will be present with the Lord. And so I think it's talking about that idea. And as Paul begins, he says, I know these things. I'm confident of them. I believe these things. You know, in 1 John, it is written, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Some things we want certainty about. And he said, I know my hope of heaven can be sure. He said, if my earthly house, if I die, if that's destroyed, then I have a building from God not made with hands. You see, Paul lived under extreme pressure. He had persecutions all around him. He, he had uh, the care of the churches every day. And he said, I had a building from God, a house not made with hands. It reminds one of Abraham's approach to life. When you read over in Hebrews 11 and verse 10, he who waited for the city, who has foundations, whose builder and maker is God, and he says, this building, is eternal in the heavens. You see, heaven is going to be our eternal home. We're going to live forever in the mansions Jesus is preparing for us. Mansions He speaks of over in John 14. Mansions that are part of that eternal weight of glory that Paul mentioned back in chapter 4 and verse 17. He says these things are eternal in the heavens. And since they exist, and I know they do, then I groan. Verse 2, it says, I groan. I want to be there. He earnestly desired to be clothed with that habitation. He earnestly desired to have that perfection that he could enjoy based on the merits of our Lord. He said, if indeed, having been clothed, that is, when we enter heaven, we won't be found naked. You see, the Lord never leaves His children homeless. We are in now earthen vessels. Then we will be in heaven. And heaven is a better habitation than these earthly bodies. Thought of it in this way, Paul is comparing the habitation of our souls now, our bodies, with the habitations when we die, which is heaven. For the Scriptures definitely teach in all of its fullness eternal life. So when Christians die physically, they are still very much alive spiritually. Isn't that what is taught on the Mount of Transfiguration when Moses and Elijah are shown there speaking with our Lord? Or the Lord telling the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Not someday, but today. 
or his answer to the Sadducees over in Matthew 22. Concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God saying, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God's not the God of the dead, but of the living. He said, I won't be naked. I will be clothed. And so we who are in this tent, verse 4, he said, I'm burdened about it. I don't necessarily want to die. I don't necessarily want to be unclothed, but I do want mortality to be swallowed up by life. I do want to be further clothed. You see, now we live in sinful bodies in a sinful world. Then we will be in a perfect heaven and our souls will be conformed into the image of Christ and we will be forever with the Lord. That's why I wrote over in Philippians chapter 1, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said we have all these things to look forward to and because we know it is sure based on God's work, not ours. Verse 5, He who has prepared us for this very thing is God. We are prepared for this through the marvelous love of the Father. We are prepared for this by the tremendous sacrifice of the Son, and we are prepared by the preservation of the Spirit. In Romans 5, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. God prepares us for this thing, and He gives us the Spirit as a guarantee. In Ephesians it says, In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Here he's talking about the Spirit being given by God as a guarantee. In Romans again, he says, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You see, the Lord is building us. He is preparing us an eternal home in heaven right now. And when we die, we begin immediately to enjoy that. He is worthy of praise and thanksgiving. In Hebrews 13.15 it says, Therefore by Him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. That is why when loved ones die that know the Lord, we sorrow, but we don't sorrow as others who have no hope out of 1 Thessalonians. Another question is, are we preparing ourselves to live there in heaven by living for Jesus here in this world? And then let me ask you something else. Since the Spirit is given to us by God the Father as a guarantee, or let me phrase it as a a statement, we don't want to do anything to dampen the awareness of His Spirit or quench the Word in His work in our hearts. In other words, we want to stay away from sin. If we, if we get involved in that, then the assurance dies down. And along with it goes the joy of our salvation. You remember David got messed up with Bathsheba and then he had Uriah killed. Well, when he repented of all those horrible sins over in Psalm 51, he writes, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. <clears throat> Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He never lost his salvation, but he lost the joy. He lost the assurance. Paul writes over in 
1 Thessalonians, quench not the Spirit because He is our guarantee of the purchased possession that resides within us right now. And so as he talks about being confident of this home in heaven, verse 6, he said he's confident also of these facts. We are confident. He says, I believe this based upon the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit dwelling within me that while we are here in this body, we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, but there will be another situation soon. He has a consistent confidence based upon the Spirit. He says, I'm absent from the Lord. I'm not immediately in His presence, but I'm confident. Verse 8, yes, well, please. He said, I would rather, I'd rather be absent from the body and be present with the Lord, knowing what lies ahead for us as Christians produces in us a desire to go and enjoy it. But in the meantime, what are we doing? Verse 7, we're walking by faith, not by sight, because we cannot see it, but we believe it. We're confident in of it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He said, I would rather be present with the Lord, but I'm walking by faith now. We are saved in hope. But what we hope for, and if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. He said, I have a confidence that I have a better habitation. I have a confidence that if I die before the Lord comes back, I will go immediately to be with Him in heaven. Therefore, what am I going to do with that information? How is it going to affect me in my life every day in this world as I move ahead working and living for Christ. He said, therefore, verse 9, we make it our aim. He said, I make it my ambition, whether present in this world or absent from the body, I want to be well pleasing to Him. You see, we should have a desire to be living in a way that's pleasing to God in His presence and enjoying His fellowship. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure out of 1 John 3. 3. So I have a desire here. I have an ambition. And also, I know verse 10 can be looked at as a warning. He said, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I know there's all different types of views of the judgment and how many judgments there's going to be and who's going to be at what judgment and what's going to happen there and who's going to be at another judgment and what's going to happen there. I'm not going to get into all that this morning. That's not my intention. What I, my intention is here is to show you out of verse 10 how it can help us to know how to live right now. Keep in mind that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And why do we appear there? To be rewarded or punished according to how we've lived. That's what it says. That each one may receive the things done in the body in our present habitation according to what He has done, whether good or bad good, the only really good deeds that are hold up at the judgment are those that are seen through the merits of Jesus. 
For Christians, His precious blood cleanses us of all sin. Those committed prior to and those committed following our conversion. All sin. 1 John 1, 7 says, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all the sin. And so that, that includes all sin regardless of when it took place. How it took place. It is forgiven. He talks about it in first being in Psalm 103 that our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. And so they are buried in the depths of the sea. Some people talk about the judgment as if there's going to be a big old television screen up there and your life is going to be played and you're going to see all this thing. I don't believe that for a second. It says there's not going to be any more tears. If I sat there and looked at my life, that's not going to apply. But, he says, there is going to be a judgment. And then we will receive what we have done. Each one, according to what he's done, whether good or bad. In my presentation, I'm saying that the bad that he's talking about here are deeds that are done by unbelievers. Deeds that are not covered by the blood of Christ. Deeds that are not done by believers. And so, as we look at these verses as a whole, Christians have a wonderful future to look forward to. He says in verse 2, we're going to be clothed with the habitation which is from heaven. He says in verse 4, our mortality is going to be swallowed up by life. He talks about in verse 8, that we're going to be in the very presence of our wonderful Lord. And our preparation for all of these blessings is not left up to us. It's accomplished by God. He loved us and sent His Son to die for us. You know John 3.16. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came and demonstrated God's love. He demonstrated His own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the Spirit dwells with innocence again it says right there in verse 5, He who has prepared us for this very thing is God who also has given us the Spirit is a guarantee. We have a wonderful future to look forward to, but there also is a judgment. I won't read the verses, but you can go over and read some other thoughts about the judgment in Revelation 20, 11-15. And who's going to be the judge? It'll be Jesus. For the Father judges no one but has committed all judgment to the Son out of John 5 and 22. And so as we recognize these thoughts in our mind, as we assimilate these thoughts in our hearts, therefore we should make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. And we do that by loving Him and doing what He commands. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. 1 John 5 and verse 3. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for these wonderful thoughts. How good and gracious and loving and kind You are to us, Your people. Thank You for these wonderful thoughts about the future. The future of every believer is to be in heaven with You.
perfected in the sight of our God, living forever in the very presence of Jesus, our Savior. And we thank You that You have used Paul through the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal these great truths to us and help them to affect us in the way the Scriptures admonish. And that is, make it our aim to live in a way that's pleasing to You, knowing that we'll have to give an account for how we live. For we love You. In Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Pat, for another wonderful message from God's Word. I hope that you have enjoyed listening to Pastor Pat's message. If this has been a blessing to you, please like and follow this podcast and give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to support this ministry and the other ministry opportunities at Faith Community Fellowship, please visit our website, faith-cf.org support. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Community of Faith.